0: To lay it on the table. We're here coming at you with another episode. Uh, my name is John and we've got
1: Aaron.
2: That's me.
0: All right. That's you.
2: Delayed response, Aaron. Uh, Brian and
3: Ben.
0: Welcome, Ben. He, this is his first time with us and uh, we appreciate the knowledge that he brings. Um, so what do we what are we going to talk about today, guys? What's what's the what's the cheese?
1: I'm just wondering how everybody is. I haven't actually met Ben before, so if you'll share right. something about yourself, I'd greatly oh. appreciate it. Whoops. Ben Jumper. Uh, I have a wife and three children.
3: They're awesome. Um, uh, went Graduated from UNT, studied marketing and new product development, and then didn't do that for many years. Uh, did some audio production and recording. Um, did uh, some sales operations. IT, uh, computer programming, and, uh, you know, just kind of learning a lot of things about God and myself through all of that. Uh, many jobs have ended in mismanagement or fraud or tax evasion, uh, not from me, of oh, course. Oh, man. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> We're going to have to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> um, so it's whoa, been, whoa, whoa. It's, it's, it's a been a wild ride, uh, but certainly it's it's uh, need to see God through all of those things. Um uh like I said, graduated from UNT, fell in love with Denton, and so after we got married and were able, I got a job back here and we moved back and uh, hope to be here for the for the long run.
1: Well, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, we uh I, I met Ben Jumper through uh some friends, uh Taylor um Taylor and his wife Sarah and uh and Larry as well and started going to the village actually because you guys, you and Kelly. Um yeah, yeah. and we, we've been in home group for the last, what, well, not now, but like yeah, two years. Yeah, it's been a couple years. of two or three years. Yeah, so um, learned a lot, and we've all learned a lot from each other, um, had a chance to really grow in the Lord um, at the village and in the group, and um, so just wanted to invite him out so he could be a part of the conversation. I figured that yeah. the conversations we've had in the past, Ben, you'd enjoy this a lot, so absolutely. <laughs> I thought yeah. that this would be something that would be it was right fun up fun preparing. Alley. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, usually, so what we, you know, what we do here is we're just going to, we're going to shout out a topic, lay it on the table, which is, you know, that's our quip right it's there. T-
1: typically me, but how's your week <coughs> going, man? How's your week, John? Um, Any more crazy trainings.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm on the, the, the final run of recovering from a half marathon that I did not train for. That was hilarious. Did not train at Dude all. Dude was
1: dead for two days, man. Couldn't, couldn't walk literally, yeah.
0: but, but I finished and the fact that I finished, even having not trained says, you know, I I'll I'll own that, you know, so that, that was cool. I will never do that again.
1: I thoroughly appreciated your Instagram post where you said I did a half marathon. I did not like it, but I finished. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. That's (laughs) impressive. I guess. Brutal (laughs)
0: honesty right there. Um, yeah, I hurt for, for two days and I'm, I'm about 98% back.
1: Oh, okay. And how's your, how's your week been going, Brian? Uh, pretty
2: good. I feel like uh we had a pretty good conversation today. Uh that we were talk we were looking at Corinthians earlier. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was very humbling to read that like thinking through that. Oh, yeah. And I was just thinking about that even today we were talking about the um just how he's he's talking about the gifts and then he's like basically like we all need to be humble and realize that like all of us are coming from different situations and just yeah. that call to humility. That was cool. So that that helped me. I feel like that has been spiritually something I've been going through this last couple of weeks has been a lot of humility, just being humbled, like being humbled um, Absolutely in right. every single way. Um, so that's that's kind of where I've been. Um, just been working other than that and, and uh, yeah, just
1: living life. You I hear you just got over being sick, man. Yeah, it was
3: rough. I got sinus infection, had a cold after that. It was not fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude, uh, I, th- this week I realized how old I am <laughs> though. On the outside, how old are you though? On the outside, hold on. I'll tell you <laughs> Though on the outside, I look like I'm in like a, a solid 25 probably. Um, I just didn't think that I was that old, you know, like I never got that saying when your grandparents, or your parents would be like, well, I feel young inside. Don't forget that. But, um, so I'm 39, <laughs> John and I are the same age. Um, and so I was sitting there at church. And, uh, one of the young ladies, you know, she's a cute young lady. She sings, she's like 21 and she came up she's like the, in the, in the African culture, a lot of times he'll just call older men or women, auntie or uncle. So I got called uncle and, uh, (laughs) I was quickly brought into reality that people look at me and see that I am old to them. And I was like, I look in the mirror. And wondering when I'm going to look like I exited high school, but for them, <laughs> they think that I'm their uncle. So it was a sobering. Have woman. you learned how to shave yet? Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I never grow uh, facial hair, so no, I don't shave. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Uh, is your mom. secret to eternal yeah. youth. Yeah, it's what it is. Um, and then, and then another reminder oh. of my age was I, I just got over being sick too, and I coughed. I was sitting in the in the bathroom with the wife, brushing the teeth, and I had a cough. And this thing came out of my throat, it looked like from the alien universe, dude. <laughs> and so I was dis- distraught for like half a day. And I was talking to one of the old guys at work. I was like, "I coughed up this mass."
3: Wait, how, how old is the old guy? He's at like work?
1: 60s. So I said, "Hey man, um, I coughed up this mass." He's like, "That sounds like throat stones." I was like, "Throat what stones? What is that?" My yeah. eyes were like the size of like silver dollars, dude. And I looked him up, and I was like, "This is what." homeless people and meth addicts have oh whoa know. and then I, I looked in the mirror and i was like holy snap i've got these things and i was grossed out my <laughs> wife didn't kiss me for like three days so it's been a run there's been a run of of just the lord reminding me that i'm human and i'm going to the grave slowly or quick i don't know yet after that barbecue maybe quick Anyway, <laughs> banter aside <clears throat> are y'all ready to get in this a little bit yeah.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, who's laying
1: Who's laying this on the table tonight? I, I think it's a continuation kind of. We're doing okay. the essentials here. Right. So I was, again, <laughs> just for those, if you didn't hear the last podcast, I was uh, at a uh, ceremony uh, at a particular church, which uh, was a little more charismatic and, uh, you know, there for some people I love and care about. Um, and, uh, there were two guys being ordained, great guys, uh, believers, you know, I know people struggle with, Oh, if you believe this, that you may not be a believer, but I don't hold to that. Um, but, uh, I love them and I was was there to support them, but they were asking some very pointed questions. And one of them I talked to all the time and, and, uh, you know, he was saying yes to some of these things and, and you know, I don't know if it was just because of the pomp and circumstance or whatever, but it threw me for a loop because I didn't realize that people thought this. So the first one, of course, was, which I think we can all agree is that this, do we believe that the gospel, uh, the power of the gospel is, you know, to salvation can save basically. And then, uh, the second question was, which we attacked last week or discussed last week was, uh, do we believe you, you believe that water baptism is essential Uh, to salvation. And that word essential really bothers me because um, you know, I talked to one of the guys later and he was like, well, you know, you have to understand what essential is this or what's a non-essential or essential. And I said, well, what essential means, like when you say that to just the regular congregation, we're not talking to people that maybe are, you know, lay leaders in the church and stuff. You're, you're telling them this is essential. This is a must. And then the second, the third question, which we're going to attack today is, is essential <clears throat> to salvation that after of course your water baptism, because that's the first step when your essentials to salvation. Is it essential that we have a, fill in the blank specific spiritual gift as a sign of our salvation. And if that person or those people don't have that gift, then that may be a a reason to judge or question that salvation is, is the way it was presented, whether that's true, absolutely or not. I didn't have a chance to sit down and speak with all the pastors that were there, but, um, but anyway, that was, it. bothered me that somebody would think that in order to be saved, that you would be required to show a very special or particular gift um, and so i I don't want to go into sensationalist versus continuationalist all that stuff today. I just kind of want to hammer in again you know what we believe comes from salvation so um I'll let some of y'all kick that off and and I was thinking maybe we could just start back at the top just as a reminder to affirm uh what what salvation is through and that is the gospel so if somebody wants to nail that down for me real quick, John you want to throw that out again, Gospel.
0: Uh, so basically, the gospel is yeah, really—it's very simple. You you, re- you repent. You believe that Christ is Lord. You believe that He was raised from the dead. Uh, that His His death and, and resurrection was for the atonement of your sins. And uh, there's nothing to it. You don't you don't add to that. You can't add to that. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, the gifts.
2: You know, interestingly enough, with the gifts, they're not. Um, ever necessarily mentioned next to any scripture with uh, where where basically anybody is being saved at any point in Acts. Um, you know, we do see uh, at the beginning of Acts we see when they're in the upper room and the Holy Spirit is given, like the it actually comes down in the form of the flame and right. and separates. But the very first miracle that we see there is um, is simply a when they they go out and they speak. And everyone hears them in their language. What that was, was a sign given, and the Jews would have understood that pretty thoroughly, what was going on there. I mean, what was happening essentially was God was taking what had happened, um, A, it was a sign that now the Spirit is not just for the Jews, right? Right. He's not going to preside just with the Jewish nation. And then you had the other sign, which is that this is a reversal of Babel. Um, that Babel was the splitting of the nations. Now the nations are coming back. And um, so every time there's, you know, salvation, and we know that at that point, 5,000 were brought in and they were baptized. There's no mention of like 5,000 had to prophesy or speak in tongues or teach or any of these other gifts that are laid out in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so I think, you know, the, what I've always been taught. Um, and of course, you know, I've gone to very fundamental churches that were, uh, Calvinistic and, um, you know, reformed. So they would teach a lesson that, you know, the only essential to salvation is to believe in Christ Jesus, that he is Lord, confess with the mouth. Um, and that essentially, um, those gifts are not necessarily a sign, uh, which I think that, more or less Paul backs up in Corinthians. I mean, I'm going to shut up now. If anybody has anything they'd like to add to that.
0: You know, when it comes to salvation, the, the only essential to it is faith, but not even that comes from us. That's given to us.
3: I was, I was just about to say the same thing, actually, that, you know, it's by faith alone, and, and Paul talks about faith being a free gift from God. Yeah. Just like you said, we, we don't even generate the faith ourselves, but God gives it to us, and that faith alone is what saves us. And I think the perfect example is uh, Jesus' uh, – w- one of his crucifixion mates, uh, the, the criminal on, on his one side, uh, believed, and, and Jesus said, right then and there, you'll, you'll be with me in paradise, and then they died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no baptism. There was no, at least, manifestation of any speaking in tongues or anything. <laughs> right. He didn't heal him or save himself, um, mm-hmm. and he, d- he didn't have to do works uh he Great. he he literally said I, I believe you are who you are and that was enough right and i think and i think that gets to the the bigger pattern of the bible that the the bible is is a story of um god's love for for uh, first of all god's uh, power and might and and wor- worthiness uh and and then his love and mercy on his his people to send a savior to rescue them from what they can't rescue themselves from yeah. And Amen. and then so that's kind of building up to Jesus, and then the New Testament points back to Jesus, reminding us of that, and looking forward to His return. And so, the whole emphasis of the Bible is not um, us us at all, anything that we do or or think or say, but rather God and His and His working uh, through us to glorify Himself. I would say. And so I think that that kinda gets into kind of the purpose of spiritual gifts, not to prove our salvation, but rather to glorify God. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I would agree with that. I can stand firm Spot on that. on. Yeah. You know, might drop that or what? Or how do we do that? No, uh yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Was that Sola Fide?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> any Brian, you got any thoughts? You look deep in it. So, uh, what scripture, John, did you point to? I see it in here in the in the in the thing, and and if anybody wants to bring this up, obviously, I, I settled in Romans twelve for a while, uh, specifically dis- d- discussing like a mentality, and then like what the gifts are for, how we receive them, and whether or not they show anything significant to um, salvation, and then of course later in the Romans twelve we see the marks of Christianity, which are more based on love, which we also see in First Corinthians uh, 13. Um, and that shows like in our lives and how we move and how the spirit really like moves through us uh, as Christians. And so I don't know. Where do you want to go from there?
0: Well, let's start because I pick up kind of towards the end of chapter 12 in Romans and then I hit Ephesians 4. But I looked at your notes and you're, and you're kind of, you start right at twelve one, and you really hit it home. So let's maybe start there. Or if, because I kind of like to go in order. And when I'm reading the word, it's not necessary, but it's just how my mind works. So if, if someone's got uh, a verse, it's, it's pre Romans and maybe we could start there and, and, you know,
1: so we can all say that we do agree that there's nothing extra aside from, uh, to show what, 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 let's, before we get into this, like, take, take all the Bible knowledge you have out of it and just think like, what have I, what have I learned? And what is it? What is a marker of a person who is saved first
0: thing that comes to my mind is humility and obedience okay
1: okay
3: attitude um i guess how we interact with others right
1: okay
2: yeah i would say the same thing it's going to manifest itself through um a change in heart and that may not be something that is immediately uh evident i mean I think I, you know I, I've gone back to this a thousand times with the parable of the sower because you you're seeing Jesus actually describe um, where we all are at and that different people are going to manifest in different ways. Some people will uh, appear to be very obedient at first and then over time will trail off. Um, so I think really for me, the evidence comes in in a life like over time. You know, um, there's we've seen. Even just within our, um, just within our time as being believers, that we've seen, we've had friends that have have walked away. We've also seen yep. pastors that have completely just said, "Nope, don't believe this anymore." Yep. Out right. of nowhere, I mean, these are people that have been at it for twenty five years, you know,
1: and then yeah. then all of a sudden they're gone. Man, that's a hammer in for another podcast. True conversion. Uh, what is yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but I'll, I'll uh, bite my tongue on that one. Yeah, I <laughs> know, John. <you laughs> John John wants to be our master seminary John MacArthur guy and start hammering in. You're not saved. Well, um, I wouldn't say well, that well, well. Of us. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very welcoming place. So basically, <laughs> the the thing that, that that is and and I my wife you see is African. I go to an African church. Um, I love Christ so much and. They have me do Bible studies and we very simply go through and do the Bible studies. But um, for the most part, it's it's more charismatic. Um, and I struggle with a lot of things that I see that I read. And, and when, I, when I hear things like this, like, um, well, we have to do this or we have to do that to be saved or this has to be evident in order to be saved. And, you know, they say, well, it's the fruit, you'll see fruit in their lives, which you know, what you're talking about is, is, is evidence of fruit. But I don't know that they truly know what, what they're saying when they see fruit because they keep expecting like these works to be done, these good works, this work, that work, um, you know, to prove quote unquote, cause I need proof, uh, that you're a Christian or you're a believer. And then, and, and there's a lot of that kind of going on, um, and so I, I, that's where I struggle, and I struggle with the spiritual gift things a lot um, when it comes to that, because in in that body, um, these gifts are emphasized. I mean, I got several people uh, in the church that quote unquote speak <clears throat> tongues, right? And I'm just, I'm not going to go around and start, hey man, I don't know if that's you know this or that, you know. So, but it, it, there's a lot of people that, and they there's people that de- like are earnestly desiring this almost as an idol, right? As an idol, like idolizing the power of God over. Um, God's work in their life and the work in the church and the body. Um, so when I read like 12, 1 through 2, which y'all can skim through quickly, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern, that th- that <coughs> sorry, discern what is the will of God, What is good and acceptable to perfect? I feel like that's a mindset. Instantaneously. That's that's right there, that's a mindset. What do y'all think? What does that say to you right off the bat? And that's right before in Romans twelve that he talks about any kind of gifts. So there's a mindset right there. So our mindset is to be to, to be sacrificial, to sacrifice ourselves, right? There's no way we're gonna do that naturally, so that comes from God. Um, and then it, and then you see down there, it says, but be transformed and renewed. And that's gonna be by the Holy Spirit. In order to be there, we have to be humble, right? We can't put ourselves or things of the world above God in order to be humbled. If I'm wrong here, correct me.
0: No, um, you know, when I, when I read those verses, what really pops out at me, um, it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. And so when I see, and I'm not, I'm I'm not judging anybody, but when when I see certain things, you know, whether it's someone, some YouTube video, some dude talking in tongues or someone, you know, flailing around on the floor, you know, in my spirit, I'm like, is this edifying God or is this bringing attention to themselves? Yeah. That's the question that pops in my head all the time. And, and... That question usually is pretty easy to answer. Uh, now, I'm not going to say that speaking in tongues doesn't happen. Just because I haven't witnessed it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But what the, the instances I have seen, uh, you know, Brian or no, it was Sam Well sent a, a video of, of some guy. And I, I don't remember who he is. And he's, quote, <clears throat> speaking in tongues. And then while he's speaking in tongues, he, like, checks his cell phone. And oh yeah, you, and you that was know good. That, yeah, yeah, and while he <laughs> checks his cell phone, he's not talking. He's just going, uh, uh. Well, that tells me, because, okay, you can't you can't be speaking and reading something at the same time. Right. It won't work. You, you can do one or the other. So he's, quote, speaking in tongues, then checks his phone and is no longer speaking. He's just making noises. That tells me that he's not really speaking in tongues. One, because if it was the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be checking your phone. I'm sorry. You're just not. Um, so that that... That discernment right there is it. It hit me hard.
3: Um, so Wayne Grudem uh, wrote a big, giant, honking book called Systematic Theology. <laughs> I know I that's seen a that. good one. And uh, I have in my hand a, a trimmed down; uh, it's only what five hundred page version uh, <laughs> called Bible Doctrine. <laughs> nice. And uh, he he says a really great sentence here uh, uh, for the for the purpose of spiritual gifts that you, you kind of just touched on, John. So it says, "A spiritual gift." is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit yeah. and used in any ministry of the church. So the purpose is to build up the church, to edify the church yes. in order to glorify God, I think. So mm. if something's, if, if somebody is claiming to have a spiritual gift but is not doing one of those things, I think that's self-evident uh, that it's not a spiritual gift, but it's just that they're, they're doing something on their own. Yes. And but- then... I, so I think that that does put a—we should desire for those things to, to build up the church. Right. And so it's kind of that balance of what are they, how do we do it,
1: how, how does it come? And that's what I was talking about that, that, mental, that mental state that we have to have. Because if we're not seeking the will of God, if we're not humbling ourselves and seeking the will of God, then we're going to trump up these spiritual gifts, or, or may even fake them, per se, mm-hmm. to impress others, right? So yeah. what I see a lot of, and I don't think—I I sent it to— to the group but I don't know if you saw it. No, I did. There's a guy in another country uh and he's in one of those he's like bathing. He's supposedly a pastor and uh he's bathing in there because he has a special anointing that he wants to impart upon others and he so he asked them to drink the bath water which is uh, quite disgusting Yum. to me. <laughs> yeah. So um but but the idea that the I see people desiring the gifts but not desiring them in a heart for God, but desiring them in their own heart, because yeah. I want to be able to be for selfish reasons, right? I want to be the center of attention. I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to heal and others see that and then treat me as if I'm special. I've had people come to, um, churches that I visited or even our church and they'll claim, well, I've got a special grace, right? And I want to impart that grace on you. And I can call anyone, you know, anyone who's sick, come forward. I've got a special grace. I want to heal you with that grace. And, and to me, it's a show. It's like a show for the congregation. Uh, shortly after that, there's always a seed asked for. Um, but um, regardless of that, but t- to me, that's when you're putting something above God, you're putting your own intention of God. You yeah, want to be the yeah. center of attention. This isn't like my brother's sick. He's in the hospital. Pastor, can you come pray for him? And the pastor comes, you know, and they all lay hands and they pray. There's nothing wrong with that to me. I see right. that as fine. And if God chooses to heal that person through that time and period, that's fine. Um, or, Speaking in tongues. There's, There was times when I've seen people call to the altar, do you desire to speak tongues? As if they can just receive that because they desire, come on up and I'm going to pray for you to speak tongues. Oh, look, I've prayed. This person spoke tongues. Mm-hmm. And it all seems to be the same. And I, I just don't I don't see that. And so I wanna, well,
3: I, I, yeah. if I could jump in, I'll, I'll push back a little bit on that because yeah. Paul, Paul himself even says to to pray for and desire to speak in tongues and to, to do some of these other uh, to to have some of these other spiritual gifts, yeah, that's true. Um, but I think again, I think in context of where he says that, it, which it's not in front of me, um, is because they edify the body,
1: right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And
3: and so not not just I want to speak in tongues, but I want to build up the church. And that's a really great way to do it to a lot of people simultaneously. So I think
1: that's where we meet in the middle. They're not necessarily doing it to build up the church, but because they find it to be essential yeah. to their yeah. walk as a Christian. And that's what disturbs me. So let me be corrected. Uh, and I appreciate that. Thank you. No. Um, but yeah, I was going on the wrong line, but you're, they're seeking it as a, as a something to add to the belt, right. Uh, to the tool belt, not really something that they are using to edify the church. Right. So I, I that's where I was saying that. And then, and then, what is that in Corinthians? What is he talking about?
2: Well, I'm in Corinthians, 1 yeah. Corinthians 12. Sorry, I got lost there for a where second. Where he was... Uh, so just to bring things back away from just specifically speaking in tongues, I know we kind of got off on that. Obviously, that was one of the drivers. You know, that's right. been an, an issue um, that has... I mean, the issue here, the heart of this conversation is... Whether you, however you believe about speaking in tongues, prophecy, teaching, Absolutely, all these other yeah. gifts. That's true. Do we believe that these are essential to salvation? Yeah, you're right. Um, and I think that we all can agree that people, like one thing that I would say, looking at 1 Corinthians 12, when you see him going to, through some of the gifts, like uh, he says, and there are varieties of activities, but as the same God who empowers them all and everyone to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according yes. to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, um, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to the uh, another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm thinking as I'm reading this is, um, I mean, obviously the heart of this letter or this part of the letter was, uh, and if you know something about the Corinthian church at the time, what they were going through was they were elevating gifts. They were saying, it would be like us saying, well, uh, you're just not, you're not a, a, you're not a a good Christian if you don't serve in the church, right? Immediately. I guess that's true. You're not enough. You need to in order to, to confirm this, you need to make sure that you're, you know, uh, helping out with kids' ministry, right? Participation. Or like, or, or for example, if you don't have the ability to prophesy, then, you know, like you may, maybe you're not even a Christian, right? Um, and that, that essentially I think is what Paul was admonishing, but I think that we can, as I read through this, I mean, we have prophecy, we have some like knowledge, wisdom. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that all of us are given these different gifts to some extent at different times. And I think, you know, you get to the end here with 11, he says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Right? Right. So, I mean, I think there's been times, we just discussed this, Aaron, you were saying that even you felt like... You, when you were going through Acts recently with your church, that you had this moment where you literally kind of felt the spirit, like you felt like I just was filled with knowledge, of like I was just going back through right. Acts. Like I, I,
1: it was like it was being brought to mind, right? And I and I know that wasn't necessarily, but it was like I was able to, you know, through studying this and through praying through it. I was able to flip back and forth and go exactly where I needed to go to, to answer the questions that were needed. And it was, it was really an empowering moment, you know, where I was just like very thankful to God that he was able to, I was able to do that. But, um,
3: that's why they, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as our helper.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought that was, see, to me, that was a, a, an experience that I can say, man, that was, that was edifying because not only was I being used as a tool in this moment and a mouthpiece, but I was the things that we were going back and forth, it was enlightening the people, the people were gaining a a knowledge and they were just talking about it and we were chewing on it. And it was just a, it was a really good moment to where we rounded up that study and, and people were able to recall and it was just edifying to the church body as we talked about. And that was great. Right. Yeah.
3: I think it's important to point out there's kind of, I think two categories of gifts and through the various lists through uh mostly Paul's writings, I guess. Um, yep. And, and uh, this, in uh, Wayne Grudem's book here, he he defines them as natural gifts, which is sort of like teaching, administration, serving, mm-hmm. and then miraculous gifts, like healing, speaking in tongues, prophecy. And I think probably this, this whole conversation mostly revolves around the mir- miraculous right, gifts. Right, right, right. Um, because I, I I don't know that I've ever heard anybody deny that teaching is a gift from God or serving is a gift from God, Um but uh, do what do like y'all think of that? I
1: feel like they're meddled. Like nobody <clears> wants them. Like I want, Who wants to be a service. I want to, I want to be the center of the show. Yes. Well,
0: Go uh, ahead, John. Well, I was going to say just, just in my personal life, um, you know, when I was a super infant in my faith, I, I, I wanted knowledge. But at the time, what I didn't understand is I, I was wanting it to have, I was wanting it for me. But as I grew, I, my perception of that changed. Like I still want knowledge, but I want it so I can use it to when, when I'm speaking to someone at work or someone in the back of my squad car. I have that knowledge and wisdom to explain to them whatever it is that we're talking about from a biblical perspective. And and once I understood that, I I really started noticing that I I was really starting to grow. Yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to go back
2: to on this with, with 12 is that when you get to that verse of like, he apportions each one individually as he wills. Mm -hmm. Yes. I I think what my mind is going to here is that, um, if the gifts are given apportioned to each one individually as willed, um, then I, I, I'm not entirely, this is the question I'm trying to pose is I'm not entirely certain that when it comes to salvation, um, like if you become a Christian and, and you have that moment where the Holy Spirit has entered into your heart, like into your life, um, that you are going to manifest one of these things, um, that God gives these things at different times for different purposes, for different reasons. That's what I'm trying to ask the question. Because if, if that is the case, then I think it is very obvious that it's not a sign of salvation necessarily. Um, right. Because I guess what I'm trying to get away from is, there's probably even people that might listen to this podcast thinking, well, oh, I, I don't even have the regular gifts. Like I don't even have one of these, right. Like, <laughs> that thing," And they're thinking like, you know, I, i it just, for me, it's like a struggle just to get to church every Sunday, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, much less knowledge, all these sort of things. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think through an argument of like, even just on a personal level. I mean, there's times where I've had a lot of hunger for the word. I've had a lot of hunger for God. There's other than times I haven't, but I don't believe it that I'm not a Christian. Right. Um, so I don't know that, you know, like, I, I feel like the gifts are something that God is is giving at different times, different places, different reasons. Um, and
3: just because you know, you're not, you, you might not just, you might just not be using your gift. Uh, you, you might not be aware that's of the gif- how you've been gifted. That's yeah. a good point. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the one thing that I wanted to hammer down before we go into like what we would think of the true marks of a Christian, the true fruits of, of salvation, um, to kind of clear up these two particular questions that I was having struggle with. Um, you know, there's many mentions that God gives these gifts as he wills. Um, I'm sure y'all can clarify this too, but, uh, I always get a little, uh, hung up on the very end of 12 where he asked several questions, uh, are all apostles, you know, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a more excellent way, right? So there's, there's something more important than just having gifts, uh, especially the higher gifts, these gifts that he mentioned before the more may not miraculous gifts. And if you look, uh, in Romans 12, you also see that, uh, three through, I guess, eight, I'll try to quickly go through this is for by grace is given to me. I say, everyone among you do not think himself highly than he ought to think, but to think sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Um, First, we see that God has assigned this measure of faith, and then for as one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So each of us don't have the same function in the body, so we, through many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy, if proportion of faith, if service, if serving, if the one who teaches is in his teaching, one exhorts, and so on and so forth to do these with cheerfulness. Um, So not everybody's going to have everything, right? So to say that someone is safe because they speak tongues or someone is saved because they prophesy or someone is saved because they do this. First, I want to, I want to squash that. And if anybody disagrees, let me know, um, and say that we're not all given all gifts. Okay. So not everybody's going to speak tongues. Not everybody's going to prophesy. Not everybody's going to be a teacher. Not everybody's going to be a serve, do service. Nobody's everybody's going to do all these things. Right. And, um, I just want to to put that out there first, because if that's the case, if it's true that not all of us are going to have the same gifts, then there's no way that everyone's going to do this and everyone's going to do that to show that they're saved. I just correct me if I'm wrong.
3: Oh, I totally agree. I think I think um, you know God designed us to need community, to need one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's why He designed men and women to go together naturally, um, and and if if we all spoke in tongues, for example we wouldn't need each other. We wouldn't right. need to be edified by someone else. If we all had the gift, I mean, if, if we all had the same giftings, we wouldn't need each other at all. Right. We'd be in perfect harmony and community with God. And that, that would be awesome. Right. But, then, but then we wouldn't need each other. And th- that's just not the case. God God put us here on the earth to need each other. Amen. Uh, and I, I mean, just think of if everyone was a teacher, we'd be trying to talk over each other. Nobody would be listening. So if everybody was... Uh, if nobody was a servant, toilets and trash would never get picked up and cleaned. And uh, I, th- I think there's God just loves diversity. I mean, uh, the our church has been talking about diversity in culture a lot, right? Uh, in the last couple of years, um, it's been a hot topic here in the U.S. Um, and I, I think it's it's just a special thing to have diversity of thought, of personality, of culture, of giftings, and that's that's just it just seems so apparent that that's how God designed us. That's his intent. Mm -hmm. And so to want certain gifts, I think it's great and fine. Uh, But if, if we, if we try to require certain gifts, I think that's where we go over the edge a little.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Or we try to, are we And the reason I put that mindset thing in there in the beginning is because if we're coming to these gifts humbly and understanding that God does what God wants to do, in the basic sense, God wills what God wants to do and God assigns who he wants to assign. He gives gifts as, as, uh, as he said to whoever he wants to give these gifts in order for us to work as a community. Uh, then I I don't know why we need to idolize a specific gift or to look up to a person and treat them as if they have a power that is outside God's power because of that. And I think that's where this idea comes from, that I must have this gift. And uh, I hear about people. I stayed up all night praying and praying and praying that God would give me this gift. Or I stayed up. all and, And right then I'm saying, why are you praying for something outside? I mean, you're praying for something God can give. Sure. But are you putting that gift higher than the purpose that you have as a Christian on this earth? Because is that gift really help you to exposit the gospel? Does that gift help you to tell people about Christ necessarily? Does speaking in tongues help you to tell Christ Does prophecy necessary? You don't necessarily to have anything like that to say the gospel. All of us can tell someone about Jesus Christ. And that is because we all have the Holy spirit. That's, that's all I have to say. And when you're saved, you get the Holy spirit, you are now able to tell anyone about Christ. It doesn't matter if you're serving them uh, lunch or dinner at a potluck at the church, and you happen to see somebody that's new, and maybe they don't know, and you share with Christ, or maybe, I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but I think we beat that dead horse for sure, but that's what I got to say. I mean, like we don't need to seek anything above God, if we're doing that as part of our salvation, then we have a misconception altogether. We need to seek Christ and Christ alone in that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, nowhere in scripture do you Mm -hmm. see any instance where, um, whether it's someone or a group of people being saved, coming to faith, or if it's a person asking specifically, what must I do to be saved nowhere, anywhere in the Bible, do you see an instance where they say, well, you must you know, confess Christ and believe that he was raised from the dead and go heal people. It doesn't say that. But ever. I have
1: seen one guy named Simon that yeah. quote unquote believed, but was wanting to pay to have the apostolic gifts. So yeah. he was putting gifts above believing.
0: Yeah. And, it becomes, and that turns into a pride thing. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier yeah. about when, yes, it's okay to pray for one gift or another. Sure. But you need to be honest with yourself about what is your motive for that gift. Do you right. want it so that you could say, Well, I speak in tongues? Well, good for you, but how's that how to find the body of Christ? Right. You haven't
1: sacrificed yourself. You haven't made yourself a sacrifice yeah. to God. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving there. So if that's, if that's, if we don't believe there's anything extra outside of that, then, and then somebody asks me, Well, then how do I know if somebody's saved? You that, will know them by their fruits. Okay. And so how do we see that fruit? Well, that's explained in.
0: Romans 12:9 I believe let me scroll through there
3: a whole lot through James yeah.
0: yes yes um, So basically Romans 12:9 through 21 and he's speaking primarily of love and it's really no different than what Christ said in Matthew 22 37 through39. Um, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is a great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then you go back and you read twelve nine in Romans and he's saying the same thing. Yeah. So, the you
1: know, it just how, in much more words.
0: Yes, it's 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 <laughs> it's explained a little a little deeper. But basically, the point is, you know, how do you know someone is saved? Would well, you just look at how they? How they treat people now is that enough to say with with a one hundred percent affirmation? Yeah, a person saved. Well, no. But a saved person does exemplify those attributes listed out in detail in in Romans twelve.
3: Yeah, I, w- I was wanting to make that very specific point. You kind of just touched on that. We, I would argue, we can never know. True. That someone is saved. Mm-hmm. That only God can know that because right. only God sees our hearts. Right. Uh, but rather, they're. Their changed life, their Mm -hmm. changed attitudes, um, changed behaviors should reveal a changed heart, Mm -hmm. certainly. Mm -hmm. But it should also be said that uh, there are plenty of, quote-unquote, good people that are not saved. Uh, Do not love and trust in the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, Uh uh, but they're simply good quote you know quote unquote, good people mm, um yeah. and so for, i think that goes both huge ways huge quotes yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so so james 2:17 says that faith without works is dead and that's not to say that you uh, kind of in the same conversation you don't have to do works to be saved but rather uh, your the works should be as a, as a as a heart change that now you because you love god and love others so much you want to do things for them you want to serve them you want to Fill in the blank.
1: Right, yeah. Your heart's desire is no longer when you think heart's desire uh, for this world, but heart's desire for the things of God, and that would lead you to love others, mm-hmm. neighbors, as yourself.
3: And then First uh, Samuel sixteen um, is where uh, the the prophet Samuel goes to anoint David as a as a boy uh, to be the next king of uh, God's people, and he says as uh, Jesse is bringing each each of his sons through and and samuel says nope not this one not this one um they, they kind of challenge him like well why not what's this guy's handsome he's 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 strong he's right. tall whatever and samuel says man looks on outward appearance but the lord looks on the heart yeah and and so that just kind of drives the point again that that only god can know our heart we we, we can only see what we see
1: right 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 yep. that's true that's true
2: um <clears throat> And just uh, to kind of nail that point even more home, I mean, if you look at Romans 4, this is when... Because I love you brought up the Old Testament because I think, um, you know, as, as Christians, we do believe in a continuity, the same God yes. that created the earth in Genesis that's described there. We we take the entirety of uh, what would be, I guess, essentially the, the uh, Jewish Torah, the law, the five books. Um, we take that to be... In no way erased, um, but fulfilled by Jesus Christ that He lived Amen. that life. So, when we look at at some of the stories and the people and the characters and the um, uh, especially uh, the forefathers of the Israel uh, of the Israeli nation, we don't see any evidence. And this is you know when I when you think about for example um, uh, speaking in tongues, prophecy, all these sort of miraculous things. Well, obviously we would we would argue that King David um, was, was, he was granted righteousness by God through his faith. Uh, we would also, because Romans tells us here, in Romans four, uh, basically, you know, Paul is making an argument with, you know, about the Jews and about salvation and that it's always been about righteousness. It's always been about faith, 100% faith. Not the law, not how exactly we follow the law, but God was trying to get at the heart of the people. And of course, what does he say? He says, for if Abraham was justified by works, this is the forefather of, you know, literally the father of the Israeli nation, says he has something to boast about, but not before God, for what does the scripture say? And he goes back, says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, which is written in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. As to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, uh, his faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. So this argument's made back to the Old Testament, and we can see this evidenced in pretty much every patriarch and character other than the prophet's. But the prophets, again, were given a very particular gift. Mm-hmm. The prophets um, were given the gift of prophecy. And they also um, were given, in some cases, the ability to do miracles. But we've never seen David do a miracle. Abraham never raised anyone from the dead. Um, Abraham, to our knowledge, did not speak in tongues. Um, and this is the same flame, that, that the same spirit that rested in the temple of God. Mm-hmm. Is the is it we have a piece of God's spirit in our hearts now? So has God changed? Has He become a different God now that is giving us specific things? So my my point is is that um, the the mandate to say well you haven't prophesied, so maybe you're not a Christian. It doesn't hold up to the Old Testament, uh, which and it doesn't hold up to Scripture here in Romans four because. Paul is clearly saying, yeah, Abraham was a Christian, quote unquote. I mean, he didn't know about Jesus, but he certainly knew he believed in God's righteousness as the only way to justify himself. Mm. So if Paul is saying to me, what I'm hearing is Paul is saying, this is what's required of you, that you believe in God and have faith, that he can justify you, right? That you appeal to his mercy and there is no other other rule or law that will save you. Ultimately the law itself, he goes on to argue the law itself that was given to the Israelites was nothing more than a way to point them back to yeah. that need and to, to the heart matter. Right. Yeah. Because you see that even Job is a good example because he's, he's literally called righteous by the Bible, a righteous man. And we get a glimpse of his life and his summary defense of himself. He says, I, you know, I, Delivered the poor. I did all these things, but we wouldn't in any way believe he did that perfectly. Um, and in fact, he did sin against God even in his his upsetness. I mean, yeah, hey, he, he remained righteous, but God reminded him of who he was. And so I think um, when you're thinking about continuity here, this this mandate seems it seems strange to me that all of a sudden this God would go, wait a second. <laughs> The, everything's changed now um i changed my mind you know now you have to have all these things to become a christian absolutely dude yeah. so what oh so then abraham wasn't saved so adam may not be uh, uh, he may not be you know counted righteous like do we believe that i i, I don't think well, we do well then can. you got
3: the problem of hebrews 11 that explicitly says abraham was justified by his faith right yeah. and and list several other guys in there moses and abraham and isaac and jacob and esau and Man, so many people are mentioned through here uh, as uh, Old Testament characters that uh, God uh, obviously didn't impart his Holy Spirit on or anything, and uh, they they were still counted as righteous. I
2: just want to cut in, if speaking in tongues and prophecy and the miraculous gifts were so important, why doesn't the Bible mention that? An account with Moses or Abraham or any well, of these well, people. Why so doesn't it say clear, he it,
1: Why? It does. I believe Moses, there's a point to where Moses, uh, I can't remember exactly what happens, man, but there's an incident that happens where 70 people prophesy, and then two guys continue to prophesy, and then uh, Joshua comes up and says, what's the deal with these two dudes? And he's afraid that it's like causing issue with his authority or whatever, but it's, it's the same kind of thing. You do see an impartation, and then Moses makes that great statement that everybody holds on to. I hope that everyone has the ability to do this, which is an, you know, he alludes to the Holy spirit coming. Uh, and sorry, I'm not super exact on this right now because it was off the cuff, hundred percent apologize.
0: Well, something that, that just hit me, you know, cause we're, we're starting to bring in old Testament verses is, and I'm, i I used to be guilty of this too, but, you, you've got people that think, oh, a manifestation of the spiritual gift is required for salvation. But I would argue that perhaps they don't really know their Old Testament. And I used to be guilty of that, and I still am to a degree, but I'm working on it. But if you're a Christian and you're neglecting the Old Testament, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. Yeah. And the wake-up call for me was... Um, the first time I went to the village and they're preaching on Malachi. I've never read the book of Malachi, but we hit that first chapter. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus is all over this. And, and I started going back into other Old Testament books and it enriches my faith. And when, when you've got someone that, and I'm not saying this is the, the 100% reason, but it could be that if you've got someone that doesn't know the backstory, the history, and, and all the planning and signs that led up to where their faith is now, then i could see how it's very easy that they would say oh well yeah you you have to you have to to show gifts but these guys didn't and like y'all just
1: said they were counter-righteous you know that's a difficult thing to say though because a lot of the folks that are um, <clears throat> especially like foreign um, a lot of the african people that i run into they claim to be very knowledgeable on the old testament well, that they particular. claim to be but i mean who knows yeah, so
2: Well, let's be
0: careful with that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, we don't know, again, we don't know anybody's hearts. Yeah, it's true.
1: I apologize, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: But, uh, well, I I would say to that, I do remember, I don't remember which verse it is. I'm uh, unfortunately sorry to anybody listening. We don't have time to look that up. (laughs) But uh, I would say this, though. Saul did prophesy as well, King Mm -hmm. Saul. Mm Mm-hmm. Um there is a moment literally the spirit comes over him after he became anointed as king mm-hmm. and he goes off and prophesies and then yeah. to the point where people were making poetry about him, like right. oh, well, is he among the prophets? And mm-hmm. the reality is that we see that at the end of Saul's life, there's nothing. He's not he ends up dying, you know, to in every extent, um, you know, not believing in the righteousness of God. He. He is a complete and utter um, shame to the country of Israel. And so we don't believe that he's a believer. Um, so, again, he, though he manifested a gift, per se, he ends up dying not a Christian.
0: Well, that goes back to... Or,
2: a, or at least in that time, obviously, Jesus was not... had not manifested yet. So. There were no
0: followers right. of the but, but But that goes back to Romans where it says that God establishes those gifts according to his will so if you want to argue that saul wasn't a believer that doesn't mean god can't couldn't use him you know he judas wasn't a believer he used him he used the crap out of judas but a, you get
3: what i'm saying
2: fulfillment. yeah or is as even here in, in romans 4 he argues with uh, pharaoh yeah that pharaoh with moses um yeah. looks like uh yeah so
3: like, um uh first samuel 16 i was reading this uh yeah. last night As there's a very difficult verse um, the second half is the hard part. So it's mm-hmm. uh, 1614, says, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And Spirit is capitalized. Yep. Lord is all caps, meaning Yahweh, the, the God's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's the Holy Spirit departed from Saul, which means Saul was filled with the Spirit at one point. Yep. And uh, the, the whole beginning of 1 Samuel talks uh, mentions that a couple of times. You can read it. Uh, but then the, the rest of the sentence, And a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him which is a terrifying sentence to read that we won't right. get into now but um <laughs> yeah, we, that, all that, that was... to say uh, god can do what he pleases because he's god and um i think th- applying that to this conversation that god can give gifts and remove gifts as he desires so even if you do speak in tongues doesn't mean you will always speak in tongues
1: hmm. yeah that, that that's definitely true and I, just for anyone that for clarification we're not saying that the Holy Spirit will depart from us now. I just want to make sure that that doesn't
2: yeah we, get d- taken definitely down. don't that take is that in that direction. Situation. Yes. Um, yeah. and Thank that you. was a very specific situation. But,
1: yes, the Holy Spirit would come upon. Um, You know the prophets would come upon different people samson even yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and they but it would depart at that time and i think there was a select people that would receive the spirit in that way at that time but he didn't
0: reside in their hearts at that time
1: right and then after christ left he leaves that with us yeah so leaves that he leaves god comes as the holy spirit to us so as we a terrible person right here
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah as we're coming down to the hour here um (laughs) <laughs> I, I guess what is where where are we at? Where are we concluding? I, I'd like to take topic.
1: You know our most loved character. Uh, well, not character, person that existed <laughs> from the New Testament. That's Paul, and I'd like to take an account. Uh, you know, like I did, like I, like we did talk about. I've I've gone through Acts recently, so Paul's here in Ephesus and. And he's talking about, you know, that the Spirit tells him that everywhere he goes is going to be in persecution and all these things. And the guys in Ephesus are making these prof you know, prophecies, telling him he's going to go to Jerusalem and be imprisoned and all this stuff. But he makes a, he brings all the leaders together and he makes a, a pretty bold statement. Um, and it starts in uh, nineteen. Uh, he says, uh, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials what happened that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how do how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he says, and now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me that the city of imprisonment and afflictions await. It says but i this is the the pivotal point and this is a a good in identifier of because, I mean, God did miraculous things through Paul. I mean, he healed people uh, through the, the towels when he was sweating and he was working. And the people would pick the towels up and rub themselves with these towels and, and they, they would heal them. I mean, just crazy things were happening to the apostles in the early church. And 24 is 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 the mindset that I really want to point into. It says, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I am to finish my course and ministry that i received from the lord jesus christ to testify to the gospel of grace of god right and that and that is that is important to me and that is when i see somebody and their whole purpose is Jesus Christ. You know, that brings me comfort. You know, not as we said, we don't know their heart specifically, but when that is the forefront, when God is the forefront in their life, not can I heal? Can I do this? Can I speak in tongues? Can I this? Is this is how I know I'm saved? No. How I know you're saved is when God is number 1 in your life. And that is the only thing. You're not idolizing anything else. But be like Paul and put your mission ahead of everything else. And that is to testify to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, and the gospel, and that, and that's really where I stand, and and that's a heart that has changed is a heart that follows a path similar to that uh, in my mind, uh, and that is to give up everything for the ministry of God, a ministry of Christ, uh, as Jesus Christ did for us when He gave up everything in His ministry for us, including His life. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to leave it off for me.
0: I was just going to throw out First Peter four. 10 through 11, it kind of nails down (laughs) gifts and, and how they're to be used. And it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So it's not about us. It's not about what we want and the gifts, how we can use them. It's about, it's about using them for others to, to grow the body, to, to help people increase in their faith and to ultimately bring glory to God.
1: Anybody else want to round up a
3: thought? Yeah, I, I'd i say I have two final thoughts. Yes, sir. <clears throat> uh, the first is, um, I think, so to, to reiterate, reiterate, Spiritual gifts are good. We should desire them. Mm-hmm. We should pray for them. Paul talks a lot about that. Um, I think where I think the, the the fine line where it's easy to slip down the slope is when you, uh, like like you said, uh, you you desire the gift over God, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then and then I think what what happens a lot is is you desire the gift for your will and not God's will, yep. and so um, I. <clears throat> um, I was listening to uh, some guy uh, podcast this morning about um, uh, there's a, a two year old girl named Olive, uh, daughter of a uh, Bethel Church worship pastor who died last a week ago today. As a matter of fact, right. And um, there's been a big movement hashtag Wake Up Olive. You can look that up. Um, and these guys were talking through some of that and, and, and kind of talking on the subject of it. It sort of seemed like. Um in fact the mother i think had a post on social media saying her time isn't done yet referring to her daughter and i think i think that's that's the slippery slope that you pray for her resurrection so they're praying for her resurrection and yes amen do that that's that'd be awesome think of the great testimony that would be to the world uh Bethel music is is huge um but i think it at least from the outside it appears that she's desiring her daughter to be alive more than she's desiring God to be glorified. And that's such a fine line, uh, and, and hard to see even, I, I would argue. Um, but but I, one, one thing he said that really stuck out to me, faith is not commanding God to do your will, yes. mm-hmm. but faith is trusting God when he does his will. Um, and, and that just really stuck. So that's uh, John Benzinger at Redeemer Bible Church on the Redeeming Truth podcast. Um, yeah. And then secondly is uh, James 1, um, verses uh, two, mostly two, uh, two, two, to four, really. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And I was actually looked up the Greek word of trials um, means to, to have a trial or to prove something. Right. So when, when you meet trials of various kinds, uh, for, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. In other words, when your faith is proven, Uh, you're steadfast in it and let that steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing and it it has nothing to do with spiritual gifts but rather faith let your steadfast faith uh, ultimately make you perfect and complete and that that really struck uh, struck this idea this conversation kind of really stuck out to me
1: yeah definitely Use you know I'm glad you came man yeah this is fun yeah Yeah, I I like this we were glad to have you for sure yeah um.
2: Okay. I think that pretty much sums it up. Hopefully uh, for anybody out there listening, this has been helpful and uh, maybe it's more confusing, but maybe that will actually <laughs> also help you to get into the word and, and actually start to think through some of these topics yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is something you're struggling with obviously reach out to your pastor maybe reach out to another pastor uh, that reach you know go to your go to your go to the word um, mm-hmm. it's the final authority we have on these things so yeah. pray um pray about it yeah um yeah that's it
1: yeah that's it man yeah so what do we do guys we love jesus we love man. jesus absolutely Thanks again for joining us. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're glad Ben joined us. Ben, thanks again. Um, we're just always excited to talk about new things, and we're glad that you can always come to hear what we have to say. And uh, even if it's one person listening, thank you so much. <laughs> and if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to, to us on our Instagram, John what is on, it? the table with the with the radio voice. There he is, and. Uh, It's a wonderful day outside for us, and it's a wonderful Saturday, and we hope you enjoy yours too. And uh, thank you for coming, and uh, I hope you're blessed.